1: The sweet sounds of the Star Wars main theme done to bagpipes. That's right. It is the Smugglers Three, Ken, Derek, and myself. Mike, how's everyone doing? Good.
2: Pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, you getting ready to try to stay dry there?
1: It's about to turn into Camino down here.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: See mm-hmm.
2: if it's not if it's not the Empire chasing you around to keep you off the show, it's um the weather itself.
1: Oh. Uh, you know that asteroid that Han Leia and Chewie were on in Empire Strikes Back? Yeah. Being there for a week and a half? No. <laughs> but that that asteroid war asteroid Slug, uh, pretty cool personality. He, he he loves tea, Chinese, Star Trek, which is why we do the Star Trek show. I mean, Star Wars show. Is that <laughs> why he tried to eat the Falcon? He he thought it was fried chicken. That's <laughs> nah. what he was telling me. Falcon chicken. It was all foul. So um since we talk about it, it's about to look like Camino down here. Um I've got this thing called Irma that's coming up my exhaust port. And it's not too fun. <laughs> <laughs> Things are crazy, crazy, crazy. But Pretty much all set, hopefully, I think. And, uh, yeah, see what happens on the other side. Just
2: ride uh, it out.
1: Oh, I will be. So, so you did
2: find a parking garage with, like, five or six levels so you can put your car on the top of it, right?
1: Because uh, it's
2: no. not what happened in Houston. You will park as high up in a parking deck as you can.
1: Actually, I, according to a report, I'm in one of the top five safest cities in Florida during the hurricane. Yeah. So Kissimmee is ranked number four. Orlando is ranked number two. So I live in one and work in the other. Cool. Oh, that's good. And uh, we'll talk off the air about <laughs> work. Yeah. But um, I'm going to start us off. This Okay. This is something that I've always been fascinated with the space program. And I love the mission patches. Uh, I have the Gemini patches reproductions of the Gemini patches because they sell them at um, at at the Kennedy Space Center over at the Cape. Um, I have an actual patch from the Challenger explosion, from the Challenger mission that exploded. Wow! What call it. I have. It was a patch that was. I the guy I got it from. I got it at the nineteen eighty five National Scout Jamboree. And he was from Houston, worked at Mission Control, and knew he was going to the Scout Jamboree and bought a bunch of patches for trade. Um, had a bunch of different mission patches. Um, after after that explosion, he, he bought more. And I apologize. My phone's going off saying I, we have a hurricane warning. <laughs> so it's all right. Uh, well, that came out of the blue, yeah, it was <laughs> things i 'm listening I got the t v on in the other room, and they haven 't broken in, so things are okay,
0: yeah,
1: um so mission patches have always been cool, and with shuttle patches were always cool um the Apollo stuff was cool the the Gemini series was cool um I would love to get this current patch for the international space station. Um, it is framed inside of the millennium Falcon. And it's mm-hmm. the, I, it's the ISS national lab, uh, Cassius patch. And it's star Wars Lucasfilm. It's got the space station. Um, and I, I, a, a circle that could be the earth could be the sun. Um, I
2: think that's the death star myself. <laughs>
1: But there's BB-8.
2: Oh, no, 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 no. If you look at that circle, look at the whole patch with that circle on it.
1: Oh, it's the Death Star. And a line going across yeah, yeah, the center. Yeah, 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 yeah. It. Yeah, it's the Death Star.
2: Everything is printed on the Death Star.
1: And then um, you got BB-8, K2SO, and Chopper.
2: Which is interesting, but you don't have 3PO or R2. No. Um,
0: Stupid ads. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I was wondering who was flushing. <laughs> Someone had to take a trip to the pressure during the middle of the show?
1: You know, when you when you got it, when you, when you gotta go, you gotta go. And you know, I, I just really had to go.
0: Hey, sounds
2: like the weather in your neighborhood soon.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, for some reason every time I hear that sound now I picture the flash in my head. I don't know why. <laughs> We're not going there right now.
2: Don't know why.
0: Two directors working on a third. Um,
1: So Cassius oversees research on the International Space Station um, over their U.S. National Laboratory. And this patch will represent all payloads intended for the ISS in 2017. Mission patches are a long-standing and respected tradition, and the legendary Star Wars designer, Doug Chang, jumped to the chance to help create this Star Wars edition. Um, StarWars.com caught up with Chang, who served as the art director on the project, to get some insight. Um, this patch was meant to celebrate both Star Wars and scientific themes. Following the visual grounding of the Tatooine sunset, the designer, designers faced a new question. What else? Working with Kelly Smith and Stacy Vogel of Everly Design, Chang drilled down some images that could represent Star Wars and its links to technology. Because it's tied to the International Space Station, I thought it was okay to keep it more on the technological side. So we thought, okay, characters that are technology, robots, of course. Which sure. <laughs> he says "robots," where he should have said "droids." But mm. yeah. Anyway. We wanted to create the next generation or infuse it with new characters like K2, BB 8, and Chopper because they are very fresh. They're essentially the next generation of droids for the Star Wars films. So we thought, okay, maybe we should have those guys looking off into the sunset, aspiring for adventure. Except K2 died, his adventure is done. <laughs> uh, so that became. They could
2: still have other adventures of K2, just have it before Rogue 1.
1: Oh, sure. like, in the, like in the Marvel one-shot? Indeed, um, yeah.
2: <laughs> or get them on Rebels.
1: And from there, we just start to play around with all the visual imagery that was needed. After placing the ISS itself into the sunset, the design was almost fully operational. Hand hint, hint, Death Star. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually Cassis who suggested one of the Patch's greatest elements. Uh, while Chang and company were showing their ideas to Cassis, the nonprofit had the idea of incorporating the fastest hunk of junk in the galaxy. When we showed it to the cast's team, they actually came up with the idea of how we frame it all in the silhouette of the Falcon. Um, Chang says, I thought it was brilliant because that was the missing piece. In trying all these different things, we had played around with the idea of putting in X-Wings and TIE Fighters, you know, the iconic ships, and it just got too busy. We ended up removing them, and then we thought, okay, that was that was a really wonderful suggestion. How about if we made the patch, just the outline of the Falcon, it would be a very subliminal thing, but it actually unifies everything. So it brings in your classic films, the new characters, along with the science and the technology. Um, so, yeah, Star Wars, the Star Wars show, uh, they talk about this. Uh, there is oh somewhere else I saw a video of Chang talking about it as well. And it's just a cool patch. Uh, if you're really into NASA and the space program, um, and obviously if you're listening to the show and are a Star Wars fan, this is a patch that you got to try and get. It really is, and it, it's pretty cool. It's now on my it's it's <laughs> new, for space pat or for mission patches. This is I've already checked KSE's website and they don't have. Any uh, ISS mission patches um, listed.
2: I wonder if they have any over Kennedy.
1: It might be one of those you can only get it um, over there and not online.
2: Yeah. I could actually, I don't know. I need to um, schedule a trip up to um, the Glenn Research Center up here in Cleveland. Uh, I think that and see if they even still have a, a gift shop. If they did, they might have it there. I don't know. Yeah. Because there's a NASA research center on the backside of the Cleveland Hopkins Airport.
1: Yep, yep. NASA's everywhere. They're in mm-hmm. places you never thought they would be.
2: So does Kennedy still launch anything?
1: Oh yeah, uh, they've been launching a lot of the new new rockets. that have been sending sending stuff out payload up to the space center.
2: Oh, the SpaceX the SpaceX rockets.
1: Yes, that's all happening. From okay. here. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and and the cool thing is. Um, of course, we moved down here while the shuttle program was still going on. When the shuttle was landing, you heard the sonic booms.
2: Oh, nice! Oh, wow. oh yeah, uh, they did. Towards the end, they started. They were landing it in Florida, weren't they?
1: Yeah, good. Good I chunk know for, of a, time, for a, a good long ch-
2: time. They were landing it in Florida or California.
1: Um, once the majority of the missions after the first time they were landing here, because it was easy to. You, you didn't have to piggyback the shuttle back here. Yeah. So, I mean, landing here was fine. Once I got to it, it's if there was bad weather or a lot of other stuff, then they would do the jump to, uh, to Edwards and then piggy and then piggyback the, the shuttle back. Mm-hmm. Um, which I've seen it on piggyback at Barksdale air force base once or twice, which, which is interesting as well. Um, but, I could go in the backyard, or while well, I'm at work at Disney, you know, at Epcot, you look out, you knew which direction to go or to look. You could watch. You were able to watch the shuttle take off, and the oh, night, nice. oh, and cool. the night launches were impressive, especially from the backyard. Um, so like when the Columbia, we we had the radio on and they were talking about the Columbia was coming in, and I was like, okay, we should hear the sonic booms. 'Cause it was early enough in the morning we were somewhat awake. It's like, uh, there's no booms. What happened to the booms? There's no booms. We turned on the T V and saw the footage that the shuttle had exploded on on re entry. I'm like, Oh, that's why there's no boom. Yeah. It's uh yeah, that the space program here is a big part of this this area. Hence why for Central Florida they petitioned some other state was supposed to get it, but Central Florida has the area code 321. Oh, it's, nice. because, it's because of the space program huh. because it's such a vital part here. You know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm surprised the sports teams here did not help adapt the, uh, the names, but mm-hmm. oh well. So, well the,
2: the only one we got that actually uses the space stuff at all is um, Houston's baseball team, the Astros,
1: No, as far the, as I know. You got the Houston rockets. Well, oh, no, you got the basketball. rockets also. Yeah. Yep. Um,
2: the funny thing is, if you think of the space program, I don't automatically think of Houston. I mean, that's no, where it's, the base of everything is. That's where mission control. But you don't launch control. anything from there. Or... <laughs> no.
1: And see, mission control for launch is all here until it hits orbit. Then it's turned over to Houston. Mm-hmm. So until it achieves orbit, it's it's all from here. Mission control is all here. So, and my brother-in-law's brother uh is actually part of the mission control crew i need to talk to him about getting me one of these patches
2: yeah there you
1: go i want a patch i i really do i want one of these patches i i gotta figure out how to make it happen so um so yeah that's that's our first story it's the patch you can't you, you you just can't go wrong with this patch. it's a gorgeous patch um, now, of course, it says ISS National Lab. It doesn't say really anything about NASA, which is fine. There's no NASA logo on it, which is okay as yeah. well. Um,
2: well, technically, NASA's running it all, but it's um, SpaceX, ro- SpaceX rockets running it up. And the ISS is technically not owned by any one country. Right. So it's not – none of it is NASA run or NASA owned. It's just NASA's running the logistics on it,
1: right? Right. Yeah. But but Cat, but like I said, Cassius runs the lab, um, or oversees the research on the national lab. Um, so obviously that's why it's got their logo on it. So that could, that can explain why um, why there's no mission patch for it at Kennedy because it's not a NASA thing. Yeah. So this tells me I need to get a hold of <laughs> Cassius and go. How do I get one of these patches? Maybe we get two and possibly uh, possibly um give one away yeah we'll see what, see what happens
2: or we get a hold of four that way. I have somewhere I could put a patch too <laughs> this is true too <laughs> well i
1: will I will be looking further into this after Irma leaves me alone, yeah, so well, why don 't we move on to the big breaking news of the week?
2: oh yeah, this one 's huge. <sighs>
1: Wow! was
0: huge, huge, huge. Ah.
2: Yes. Well,
0: it's been quite a week uh, for episode nine and number nine, number nine. Number nine. Sorry, <laughs> and uh, director Colin Trevorrow. Or should I say former director Colin Trevorrow, because he is stepping da- he has stepped down as the director of Episode 9, uh, according to an announcement on Tuesday from Disney. Uh, this marks the third time in two years, geez, and the second time in three months that Lucasfilm has parted ways with a director. are starting to sound like uh, DC there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, according to Disney's statement, Lucasfilm and Colin Trevorrow have mutually chosen to part ways on Star Wars Episode Nine. Colin has been a wonderful collaborator throughout the development process, but we have all come to the conclusion that our visions for the project differ. We wish Colin the best, and we will be sharing more information about the film soon. Uh, of course, in June, Phil Lord and Chris Miller dropped out of The Han Solo movie, due to different creative visions. Uh, And in May, well, this one, this is actually a good thing. Fantastic Four director Josh Trank was fired from an untitled Star Wars story film believed at the time to be about the bounty hunter Boba Fett after behind the scenes chaos was reported on Four. Uh, Fantastic Four, that is. Trank later said he left the Star Wars project because he wanted to do something original.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. It's he did something original on uh on the fantastic flop that got him removed.
0: Right. Yeah. But so there's the, yeah, go ahead. Um so that's the official word, but then uh, an article came out on comicbook.com uh that might have shed some more light on the subject. Uh so, of course, they, there was word that Trevorrow had quit at first, but then the other word was that it, he got fired. And now they're saying Disney's official word is they parted ways due to creative differences. But a ranking Hollywood insider has revealed to Vulture that Trevorrow had become increasingly difficult to work with over the past few years, and his attitude ultimately led to the split. Uh, during the making of Jurassic World, he focused a great deal of his creative energies on asserting his opinion in the source explained. But because he had been personally hired by Spielberg, nobody could say you're fired. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to do an impression there. <laughs> Once that film went through the roof and he chose to do uh, Book of Henry, uh, Trevorrow was unbearable. He had an egotistical point of view, and he was always asserting that. After Booker Henry became a critical and financial flop, some started questioning whether or not Trevorrow would remain on, on as the Star Wars director. The source revealed that Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy had wanted him out due to his difficult personality on set and some issues with the script. But Henry was finally the straw that broke the camel's back. When the reviews for Book of Henry came out, there was immediately conjecture that Kathy was going to dump him because they weren't thrilled with working with him anyway. The insider continued, he's really, really, really confident. Let's call it that. So, uh, um...
2: I'm As sensing a, now that, a kind of a pattern here. Yeah, I know, right? With the Isn't, directors they're getting rid of. Trank no, had a problem, but was, you hear a lot of backstage stuff uh, supposedly going on uh, on Fantastic Four. Right. Uh, Lord oh. Miller, they had a totally uh, weird, a totally different point of view on how to do Han Solo, but also their personality and their attitude ba- off stage um, looks like that's what got them into hot water here. And this, once again, looks like it's, the, um, not, not just what he was doing on set, just his offset, um, personality and problems causing this problem again.
0: Right. And then, and then they go and hire, uh, Ron Howard to do the Han Solo movie who is, you know, like white bread.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing is with Ron Howard, one, um, he's going to make a fantastic movie. That's just what he does. Right. <laughs> he's got a track record for that. Um, But he won't
0: have any of these.
2: Exactly. He's not going to cause a a scene or anything like that. He's going to come in, do his job, have a good time doing it, and then move on. Yep. Yep. So, but uh, have you guys seen the the latest? This is all rumors with all this because nothing obviously has been confirmed. Nothing's going to be confirmed on a story like this. Right. Because no one's going to officially go on the record saying um, something terrible about someone else. That's just not what you do. Right, right. But have you seen the rumors on who's um, who they're looking at possibly for directors for this? I have not. I guess the front runners is actually bringing either Ryan Johnson or JJ back in. Oh yeah, and I, did I hear that. Yeah. When um, Ryan Johnson started writing episode eight, wasn't he supposed to be writing eight and nine? I thought he was yeah. writing nine.
0: I seem to recall that at some point, but he now doesn't I'm not have sure.
2: A, yeah, right now he doesn't have a writing credit for Nine. It was um, Trevorrow and someone else was actually supposedly writing Nine. So. And I've not heard anything out of JJ's camp about whether or not he was wanting to do another movie.
0: Last I had heard, he didn't want to because he wanted to move on to other things. But
2: Well, that's what he, he said about episode seven to, a week before he announced he was doing it. That's true. So, I don't know. What's your guys' opinion on it? If not them, who would you like to possibly see in that seat? You you know,
1: when I heard this potential rumor, I'm like, I don't want it, but I wouldn't mind because it's the end of the story. And that was George Lucas was potentially interested in possibly helming the last film.
2: I actually... I read that story, and I guess um, the quote they had pulled in the the story I read about that was actually from 40 years ago. And it, when he was looking, he had just got done doing episode four and said in an interview that um, he'd like to have um, all, all the rest of Star Wars films directed by other directors and then have him come in to wrap it up in the end. Do the final yeah. Star Wars movie, which is an interesting idea. I don't know if he could play in the new Disney system, though, where he doesn't have full creative control.
0: Right.
1: Well, my question would be, could he... Could he answer to uh, to uh, Kathleen Kennedy? Mm.
2: I think he could. But the thing is, like I said, for all those years, he was the, the buck stop to him. The problem is the buck moves above his head. Then he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. So um, I'd I, I, be interesting. Oh, go ahead.
0: I'll tell you who I'd like to see. Uh, James Gunn. Yeah. Yeah. You just want
2: to see him in everything.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing
1: Kyle Newman either.
2: Oh, Kyle, I think, would do a great job with it. I think yeah, it's a little bit big for what he's able to do at the moment. You know what I mean? Because he's never done anything nearly this big. Well. But uh, that you could throw him in there. And you know, um, anybody who knows Kyle Newman, all behind the scenes and stuff, and actually li- pays attention to Star Wars fans, knows this guy knows Star Wars. You know, <laughs> you're right. going to get a Star Wars film out of him. Right. Um, there's a couple directors I've heard names thrown around when, um, especially when the Han Solo movie was available. That a possibility is, um, they were, everybody was talking about Robert Zemeckis being a possibility for some stuff. And he was interested in possibly doing a Star Wars movie.
1: That
0: that's one of those. be interesting,
1: but. That's one of those scraped knee moments.
2: Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Because he's had some great stuff and he's had some not so great stuff. So, um, the other one that I would not mind seeing at all possibly would be maybe looking at someone like a Spiel- Spielberg. Yeah. He's worked on the franchise before. I think he's got a, a what assistant director credit on um episode 2. Uh, two or three that he actually directed one or two of the scenes on pickup stuff.
1: Well, he he actually helped um create actually R2D2 and C3PO bringing yeah. them to life for the film.
2: And he was a long-time collaborator and help and um the good friend of Lucas. Everybody knows that. That's never been hidden. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So it's like, if nothing else, you'd it'd be like bringing in Lucas, except for Spielberg has always worked under our producers and stuff, you know? He's right. up in Lucas where Lucas was on top and he was the only one with any say in it. Yeah. Then, guess... again, with his clout at this point, he's, uh, he's gets whatever he wants to do anyway, but.
0: Mm. Yeah.
2: That'd be an interesting choice also. there's And there's plenty of great directors out there. Right. Oh. I do think, though, that they're going to probably do similar to what they did with Ron Howard and bring in uh, um, someone that is a known quantity. They don't want to have, um, like what DC's dealing with, with their director situation with Flash, where it's just uh, <laughs> director after director working <laughs> through the mill. They, you, they just can't work under um, Warner Brothers.
1: You said flush.
2: Well. <laughs> <laughs> does that mean it's now the flush point? It, it,
1: oh. it, it, ooh, it is definitely the, the flush point. It's the flush, the overflow paradox. Uh,
2: yeah, 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 yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> See uh, yeah. M- Marvel told Robert Downey Jr. he couldn't do Black Panther because he wasn't black, then you reminded him about tropical about Tropic Thunder.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway. Um, moving along. Moving we'll right along. We definitely have to watch that, 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 that um, episode nine news. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely yeah. have to
0: keep an eye on that one.
2: I got my eye on you. Well, Irma will have her eye on you soon. Oh, oh! That that was a wash.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and you guys it, are way too punny tonight. It's a surge. A <laughs> funny.
2: Well, next up, the the other big news. Colin uh, oh, Trevorrow's yeah. off, but Star Wars Rebels. It was like this dropped the morning after we recorded last week's show. Yes, yeah. we got the second trailer for season four, and this one actually has probably what four or so um, different story arcs that it ha- that it covers. Yeah, the original it- trailer you could tell was the op- was the opening story arc, and that's pretty much all you had, right? This has a lot of stuff, and um, if you guys don't mind, I think I'm going to play the audio, and then we can talk over some of the stuff uh, that we've seen. You guys have both seen the trailer, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Here,
2: mm-hmm. okay, uh, let's see. This opens up with um, Ezra waking up from a dream Ezra? or something. Hey, Ezra! Ezra! Ah! What happened? On the middle of nowhere. and He's, this a, next re- part sounds he's a real like nowhere man. Right? Yeah. Cat, Loth, Wolf, run. That's how, that, to me, sounds like an old pat- nursery rhyme if you grew up in Lothal.
0: Yeah,
1: but um, it, it, isn't it funny how the the, Lothal the wolf occupation. Had, has some resemblance to a character that we know and love?
2: A little bit. I don't know about I. I don't know how much I put into that, but yeah, the, the, there are markings on its on the loathful's head that look similar to what Ahsoka has run, going on. Yep. Um, and is that and, where you were going with it?
1: Yep, and it ties in with. Filoni and his love for wolves.
2: Oh, yeah. That's where that's this one. comes. One thing I've noticed with this trailer season four, they've announced this is their final season. All the gloves are off. Yeah, they're not holding anything else close to the chest that, you know, they are wrapping everything up in this season. And I'm thinking if, this season is what we would have got from Clone Wars if they had actually announced the end of Clone Wars and let them do a full season.
1: Yeah. Mm. If you remember, um, I have. You know, we we have the press conference in our feed from when I was at the press conference for Star Wars Rebels at Celebration, yeah. and, and oh, a lot yeah. of this is, and a lot of this is discussed, including um, the relationship what? between Hera and and Kanan, which we'll get to yeah. here in
2: a bit. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, them starting off with the Loth Wolves there. To me, it feels like on this trailer that the Loth Wolves are going to take the spot of the Bendu from last season. Yeah. They're going to have something to do with teaching Ezra the Force in some way, which I was talking with Derek earlier that I don't, I actually kind of like the idea that we're learning stuff about the Force from a non-Jedi source. Yeah. Learning it from the Bendu and seeing his point of view on what the Force is. Looks like there's going to be something with the Lothwolves and the Lothcats on on Lothal. Um, And also it's nice that this trailer is starting on Lothal. So we know we're going back and he is actually going to do what he said he was going to do to try to liberate Lothal. Right. Right. But um, Let's get into a little bit more of this. This actually is showing a battle on Mandalore, and it looks like we're going to get a lot more Mandalorian Mandalorians in this. Locked out.
1: Oh, uh, just wait to at least the first two episodes. Yeah, it's time for you to prove your loyalty, not just to your family, but to all of Mandalore.
2: If you continue to allow this war. Okay, we'll get. We'll stop there for a minute because. There are some great scenes there Luthal and a lot of shows Sabine is actually looks like she's taking her spot her rightful spot as the um leader of Mandalore with Uh-oh. the um dark So if i remember i did, last season last time we saw her she had actually given the dark back to her mother hadn't she? Or did she get it back from there?
0: Um, that, I don't think she was
2: no, doing it herself.
1: She went to she went to turn give it back and i think her mom said no you you're the leader until we find the right person.
2: Yeah. And actually, I have a feeling we're going to find that person because it has been confirmed. That it's, um, I don't know. Is it a spoiler with um, who's coming back? I don't oh, think so. Everybody at this I, point should know that.
1: It was, it was in it was in the first first trailer. Bo-Katan's back. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, Katie Sackhoff is coming back. Bo-Katan, the sister of Duchess Satine of Mandalore, the former ruler of Mandalore. So um, technically, wouldn't that make her the Duchess of the Clan Satine? Uh, quite, quite possibly. Quite possibly. So it's like that, I would not be surprised to see um, her working with um, Sabine and Sabine actually handing over the Darksaber to her.
0: That could be interesting. Could
1: could mm-hmm. be. I, my, my only fear with that is if, if we see that happen, do we see the resurgence then of Death Watch? I don't now, think so because now against the Empire though instead of the Republic.
2: Yeah, well, so um, the interesting thing is everybody thinks how much they know about Mandalorians and all this stuff from like the original movies. But if you look at the original trilogy of movies, all you, the only one you've ever seen is Boba Fett, and we don't even know if he was a true Mandalore, right? right. True Mandalorian. All that was written in the expanded universe and in fan theories because we all we know is he's a um, bounty hunter in Mandalorian armor. I mean, we know his backstory now that he actually. His father was a Mandalorian and he's a clone of Mandalorian. But um, if you go just on what they were shown in those movies, we don't know where Mandalorian Mandalore goes from here at all. They may go back to um, what Satine had with the trying to move away from the warlike ways, or they could go the exact opposite and go back to being warriors. Right. I'm thinking th- th- um, these episodes are going to show us which direction they're leaning.
1: Um, you do get a sense of which way they're leaning in the. In the first two episodes, okay, or at least in the first episode, yeah. Well, also, I, can't, I can't. I can't, we can't don't remember. Know. If, I can't remember if we were shown a half hour or an hour or forty. Yeah, I, I I actually, I think we were showing forty five minutes, so that would have been a full hour. The, that'd be two episodes, up. yeah, yeah. What did you
0: have, Derek? I was going to say we don't even know for sure what happened to the Mandalorians because they yeah, used they may- to be, there used to be talked that Boba Fett was the last one, but you know that was a long that was way yeah. a long time ago. Rumors and stuff.
2: Well, they yeah. may the answer that in here. By the time we're right. done with it,
0: oh, we're we're
2: gonna.
1: <sighs> God, there's so much. Let's I move away what. from
2: Mandalorians for just a minute, so Mike doesn't have to bite his tongue off. Yeah. Uh, the next scene we have shown here is an imperial like this is an imperial fleet. This isn't just one star destroyer a couple of cruisers and a couple of um, tie fighters. You're seeing. Fifteen to twenty star destroyers and cru- heavy cruisers, um, support vessels, squadrons of TIE fighters flying around with Thrawn. And you, you? hear, um, you can hear in the background there, um, saw Forrest Whitaker back as Saw Carrera yeah. talking, um, and obviously he's talking to the rebels and giving them advice. Like, are you we gonna? Um, how are we gonna fight this war? You also get more of the Death Troopers Who here. are going to lose. Tie bombers. We get Mon Mothma back. We promised my people support.
1: You can run Mon Mothma's errands
2: or do something that might actually matter. There we go. We actually got U-Wings in this. Yeah, yeah. So they're bringing them in.
1: I know they said there was going to be, we're going to see more Saw Uh yeah. If you remember the press conference, they said, we're getting closer to how we see Hera become general. And and this is going to put us close to the events of Rogue One.
2: Well, the rest of this trailer definitely show us that we're a lot closer to Rogue One than we've ever been before. Right. Yeah, yeah. We get full-on references in here in just a second here. Yeah. Your TIE Defender is at risk. That TIE Defender looks awesome. quite
1: persuasive about his own
2: project. Stardust. There we go. One yep. sentence you hear Krennick, Stardust, and his own project. So we know they're talking about the Death Star openly there. If you've seen Rogue One, you know Stardust was the Death Star project. Yep. For the, nick, um, the
1: nickname of the Stardust uh, of the Death Star project. Which yeah, was given right.
2: it was the code name, yeah.
1: It was the code name given by um Galen. By Galen Ren. Galen Ursa. I mean Galen Ursa, sorry. <laughs> I'm jumping ahead I'm already thinking episode 9 hey, um, You just made a whole new character Mike <laughs> I know Give me credit um, Beans
2: boyfriend or something Or other brother that we don't know about yet it,
1: it, it, yeah. It's the It's the other brother from the father That he didn't know he had Yeah <laughs> So um, Yeah It's I, I I had to laugh when I when I heard that, I'm like, okay. Hopefully, we do see Krennic making appearance in rebels.
2: Oh, that would be yeah, awesome! That and, would and,
1: be. And since they already teased the Death Star at the you know with that one uh, with the Geonosian, um having the queen egg, yeah. And they and they teased that on Geonosis they were still building the 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 Death Star, and of course he kept you know a circle within a circle. They thought it was the the chemicals
2: mm-hmm.
1: for the chemical warfare, um,
2: and everybody who's ever seen Star Wars uh, knew exactly what he was drawing.
1: Yep, <laughs> uh, and of course, if you remember, in Attack of the Clones, it's a Gien who gives Dooku plans for the Death Star. So yeah,
2: they designed it
1: right. Yep. They it's a, it's a Gien design.
2: Yeah, well, at least the superstructure and stuff. I mean, obviously not all the systems and stuff inside, right. but. We know Galen designed the um, super laser.
1: Oh, yeah. So uh, let's carry on.
2: Yes. What about the blockade and Admiral? Get some cool Are pictures of Yavin. Your ship can get yep. in undi- we don't call it the ghost or nothing. Now, this planet here, I was telling Derek, you remember the. Um, this? Was, it reminds me of um, Shantipole. You remember that one from last season where they got the B wings? Yep. This one looks like they're... I don't know if they're going back to that same planet or what the... Di- but it looks almost identical. Like, maybe they use... The, even if it's not the same planet, they use the same planet models and change the colors.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Woo! Got him!
1: Captured Captain Syndulla.
2: It will be done. Okay, I gotta stop right there because the old EU fan of me started doing backflips when I saw that character there. Who he's talking to there? Did you catch who that was, Mike?
1: Mm, Not by the voice.
2: That was um, um, Thrawn talking to a hologram of an alien character. That's right. um, And you see him fighting Hera. You find out it's Rook the Nogri. Who's being? He is a Nogri in this,
1: and he's being voiced by Warwick Davis.
2: Yeah, which is interesting because I, I believe it is the first time Warwick Davis has ever done a character in Star Wars that did not start with the letter W for the name.
1: Yes, and it's the first time he's done any uh, any Star Wars project outside of the movies.
2: Yeah, it's the first animated project he's done. But that doesn't sound like him at all. It's amazing what they've done with the voice. But um, anybody who doesn't know... Um, In the old um, Thrawn trilogy from Timothy Zahn, the original ones, Heir to the Empire, Last Command, and Dark Force Rising, the Nogri were Thrawn's personal bodyguards. And before that, they were actually Vader's personal bodyguards. Yeah. And Rook was one of the two that worked specifically for him. And Rook's actually got a pretty big part, especially in, I believe, the second book of actually protecting um, Leia, or as he would refer to her as Lady Vader. (laughs) So that's awesome to see that they've brought them in. Let's see. Ezra, it's not whether or not we fight.
0: It's how we choose to fight that matters.
2: Ezra's got something going on with the sparkly purple eyes. Maybe we're choosing the wrong way. Okay, then you get the whole squadron of X-Wings dropping out of light speed. So we finally do get real X-Wings on Rebels. Yeah. Yeah. And this, I believe, has Hera flying the lead X-Wing. I thought that's what I saw.
1: When are you going to feel you've done enough for this rebellion? I guess I never really thought about it.
2: So I guess you really never thought about us. Hey, oh, I'm moving. <laughs> that reminds me of seeing Out of the Crow. We will not yeah. stand down, <laughs> we will not be broken by fear.
0: We are strong united by our courage
2: that was a shot of book 10 there
0: now is our time
1: i wish i could see you
2: you could always see me
0: all the paths
1: are coming together right
2: i'm just not sure if we're going
1: to like where they lead
2: And that's the second trailer for season four. This one definitely has a whole lot more meat to it than the first one. I mean, we thought the first one was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So, um, but this one, the, the, the end of that gets really on the philosophical side, which is um, what Rebels and what Clone Wars has done very well was showing some more of the philosophy about how things are done, not just these are the events that happened. Or, right. Why are they done? What, how do they get into it and all that? So, um, we do have, how many episodes we got for this last season? Is it a partial or is it actually a full 20 or 22 episode arc? Uh,
0: do we know? I don't remember.
2: How many Uh, do we have for season three?
1: Season three was like 22.
0: I thought it was a full season. I'm
1: going to a source that we could check Wikipedia.
2: I'm checking IMDB because a lot of times they'll have at least the episode numbers up. Right.
1: Uh, episodes coming so close. Twenty-two episodes uh, okay. for season three. Season two was twenty-two. Season one was um fifteen, and then there season
2: were four, one was a short, yeah.
1: And then there were four shorts. According, um, first se- first episode will air October sixteenth, and they're saying um, fifteen episodes for season four.
2: Yeah, I thought they had said it was going to be a shorter season. Yeah, which actually could do um, very good for this because you have to um, kind of condense your storytelling a little bit, and actually you have to decide what do we want to tell. Right. You don't have to, you don't get to fill anything in or anything like that. You just got to get in there and do it. I think some of the um, regular TV shows could benefit from that a little bit. As much as I love like the CW, um, the CW superhero shows. Every oh, they, once yeah. in a while, those feel a touch long.
0: <laughs> yeah, definitely, they could definitely use a shorter season. See, I think that's what worked with Marvel's Agents of
1: Shield is they did the eight episode story arcs or the pods.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, that worked well, and, and it made well, it. That feel worked like, for
2: Gotham too.
0: Yeah, I don't watch Gotham.
2: Well, Gotham felt a lot better and moved a lot better this season. It felt like.
0: Yeah, I agree. Okay.
1: Well, since we since we just went over the the trailer. Uh, StarWars.com gives us five highlights from the trailer. Uh, one, uh, the the X-Wings are locked in as foil in attack position. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was great to see them split into their iconic configuration and dive to take on the Empire. Um, and
2: it is the traditional, the original X-Wings with full engines on top and bottom of the wing.
1: Yeah. right.
2: Not the half engines.
1: Um, two, Canera. You're like, Canera. It's <laughs> Kanan and Hera, who have the most well-crafted romantic relationship in the entire Star Wars saga. It's built upon a deep, abiding friendship that's forced into trust and understanding greater than any other couple in the galaxy. To see it move forward so openly in this trailer makes me smile and dare to hope that there are good times ahead for this pair and Rebels. Hmm. Nope. 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 Hmm.
2: Unfortunately.
1: I, I think so. Because think about the question that I asked Vanessa Marshall at the, at the conference, she, she kind of pulled a Dave Filoni and, and tried to dodge the question. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, we know not
2: everybody's getting out of this season,
1: right? There's Uh, no way defending against Stardust Orson Krennic may not have been the nicest man, but when you got, you got to give him points for his persistence. Grand Admiral Thrawn's pet project has been spotlighted in several rebels episodes so far. And in this trailer, it looks like many may be in danger of being being eclipsed by director Cronin's larger aspiration. Um, the how do you choose to fight? Um, sure, laser swords and blasters and explosions are cool, but without substance behind it, is there even a point? That uh, that Ezra and Cannon are asking themselves deeper questions about the fight they face and what it means for them is amazing. Looks like someone learned the lesson of the Clone Wars well. And then the final is we see a return to Lothal. Uh, Ezra's never forgotten where he's come from or what his parents died for. In many ways, Rebels has always been the story of a boy fighting to save his world. And the trailer makes it clear that Lothal is still very much so the priority for Ezra. After that final shot, I hope it's not too late. Yeah. So, I don't know. Could... Could we potentially see this too being tied in with um, with Snoke potentially being being Ezra? I mean, that theory's still I out there. Know. I know, I know it's been denied, but
2: I, think I don't like closer, that one. And closer we get to um, episode eight and nine, I'm almost leaning more towards the fact that I would almost like Snoke to be nobody we've ever met. I, I hope it is. I hope it is. Now Ray Ray would be another one that I'm lead, kind of leading that way too. Let her be her own character. She's not actually related to anybody, right? Kind of like anyway. how Anakin originally came from nothing. He there was no um, Jedi that was his father. Yeah, so um, let these characters be their own characters. Right. No right. baggage. Yeah. Nothing else. They are exactly who they say they are. Now, if you want later to go on and in, um, in one of the books, maybe say where how Snoke worked into power. That's different, but it's not actually a character that we already know
1: right, so. um we still got some time how I yeah found, found this was an interesting story. What Star Wars novels have been getting wrong um, okay, so this is from uh the site eleven thirty eight and um the one of the first adult star wars novels of the new canon is Tarkin um they said one of the first um of yeah. course um. Yeah, you know, of course, that was done by Lu- Lu- Lucino James Lucino, and and his books have been very biographical in nature, as you know, yeah. this kind of the same way as as Plagueis, and well, um,
2: was it one of his another one of his really big ones that he did was um, the um, Dark Lord Vader Dark Lord was his, I believe. I think so. So since Tarkin, several
1: other books have been released by both Del Rey or Disney Lucasfilm Press that span a number of years in their protagonists' lives. Um, thanks to the early time jump, Rogue One received two prequels: Catalyst, uh, which told the story of Galen and Lynn Urso from the onset of the Clone Wars through the falling out with Krennic, uh, and then Beth Revis's Rebel Rising, which filled the gap in from Lamieux in the beginning of Rogues main story um, between the two books we followed the Urso family across more than two decades from shortly after Attack of the Clones to shortly before New Hope um, despite having written somewhere between 9 and 50 Star Wars books Thrawn was Timothy Zahn's first to cover uh, was Timothy Zahn's first to cover a huge span of time itself following its um titular Chris from his discovery by the empire to shortly before his introduction on star Wars rebels. While the book serves a very similar function to that of the rogue prequels. Zahn gave it a very distinct through line in the form of Eli Vanto and his and struggle against mysterious criminal night swan. Um, Claudia Gray's Lost Stars occupies a special place in this category as one book to feature an original cast and not have to support a film or TV show. Uh, While it offered an early look at the Battle of Jakku, the actual events and characters have nothing to do with The Force Awakens. And then Delilah Dawson's Phasma, which just came out, um, is the first book since Tarkin to feature a substantial modern-day framing story. Uh, discounting rebel rising risings, handful of prison sequences, which are v- very effective but too minimal to be considered an arc in their own estimation. Whether Phasma's final form will be closer to Tarkin or Rebel Rising remains to be seen. As my mic starts to fall over, so um, one of the biggest pro- problems is uh, you're we're filling the gaps, and when we fill the gaps. It's it's one of those. Obviously, it all has to be approved by Lucas Lucas Story Group, um, but obviously they're gonna they're gonna have some things fall through the cracks themselves that they they might miss. Then you gotta go back and go, oh well, yeah, this is how this got to here, and you either have to use another book to fix it or a comic to fix it. Or the movie itself to fix it, so I think it, it causes the story group to be more careful. Because the the early the original expanded universe,
0: <laughs> those stories were all over the place. Yeah, they yeah. were. That's yeah, why um, that's why I had trouble getting into the expanded universe. Yeah.
2: Actually, until they opened up the prequels, um, they were doing pretty good of um, keeping it a decent through story. Yeah. When it was just when it was only the um, time frame after Return of the Jedi, it, had, it was I mean they would go through and put stuff in here and there, but um, they had a pretty cohesive story. The prequel story got a little convoluted there, but it was still you had a decent through through line for it, right? Um, it, especially when you compare like the Star Wars expanded universe to something like what they've done with Star Trek, where there is no continuity anywhere in that, from what I can tell, and there's hundreds and hundreds of Star Trek novels out there. But there's really very little continuity, actually, because there's like four or five different stories on the creation of the Enterprise itself.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: And things like that, depending on what book you're in. Um, there are a couple different stories that tell the creation of the, um, the Federation and things, all that type of stuff. It's but weird.
1: But that's Star Trek.
2: Yeah, that's what I said. When you compare the expanded universe for Star Wars compared to something like that. Which is that's the one that's the place everybody was going to compare anyway. Star Wars has always had a decent through line, right? Yeah, there's been some slip ups here and there, but um, actually, what you're saying with um, them filling in gaps in the stories, the problem with that is you end up having to try to figure out a way to manufacture um, actually making the story matter because uh, you know at the end of the day, what character is going to live and which ones are going to die, right?
0: Right, right.
2: So it's like certain the um certain characters no matter what situation they put him in. Like if you have a story that's before the Force Awakens and you have Poe Dameron in it, no matter what situation he's in, he's gonna come out alive. You know that. Right. There's no chance of him dying. Right. That's the problem with doing fill in stories, I think, sometimes.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, but like my for me it's always about like if he gets in a situation, you know he's not gonna die, obviously, but it's how he gets through the situation.
2: Yeah. Oh, I'm not is- saying I'm not going to read it. I'm still going to read whatever <laughs> is out there. But yeah, I have like four or five or six shelves of Star Wars books sitting here beside me.
1: See, I love the Aftermath series. I need to get. I think I need to get the third one, but the first two.
2: I work. have. Yeah, I have the first one. I yeah, I haven't bought the second two, but I have. I've listened to them on audiobook.
0: I haven't read that one yet. I want to though. Oh, uh, it's 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 good.
2: Do you know the way it, Do you know the way it ends out, Mike?
1: No. Not on the third.
2: Okay, so I can't tell you anything. Temin becomes a really cool character oh, by the time sweet. you get to the end. Sweet. When you get to the end, you got to tell, tell me what you thought about it.
1: I will. Now, speaking of books, here's what's coming out um, starting this coming Wednesday, actually. There's no new books. I say no new books on Tuesday the 12th. But there's two titles coming out Wednesday the 13th. We have Dr. Affer number twelve. Uh, the solicit for it is uh, Vader's Back. And that, that's all we get. Uh, Wednesday, also on Wednesday is the next to the last book for Jason Aaron uh, for Star Wars. It's uh, Star Wars number 36. The Empire has held 3PO captive for, two, for far too long. There's no way they're prepared to deal with this rescue. That's right. R2 is ready to take action. <laughs> Uh, Tuesday the 19th, we got three, three books, um, from Benjamin Harper and Claudio Diaz. Uh, we have Star Wars Master Models Darth Vader, uh, Master Models Millennium Falcon, and Star Wars Master Models R2D2. Uh, bring the Dark Lord of the Sith to life, build a foot tall paper bust of Darth Vader, complete with audio, and learn about the man behind the mask, the lightsaber, and more. Uh, Reload cool. the, the Millennium Falcon's daring rescues and escapes at it, as it aided in the defeat of both Imperial Death Stars. Then build the ultimate model ship complete with lights and sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, give this little droid his due by following his many adventures as he saves the galaxy time and again. Then build the ultimate paper craft model of everyone's favorite Archie unit complete with lights and sound. Uh, and I missed one. There's also scenes. Go behind the scenes to discover the special effects magic that made the three iconic Star Wars saga battles possible. Then recreate these moments in spectacular papercraft models. On Wednesday the twentieth, we have Captain Phasma number two, and it's two of four. Man, they're really pumping this out. Yeah. Holy cow, are they pumping it out? Um, learn the fate of Captain Phasma, captured by the Resistance, and thrown into a garbage masher follow the chrome adorned warrior from the site of the first order's biggest defeat to the doorstep of the last Jedi. Uh, we also have Poe Dameron number 19. Uh, Black squadron is united, reunited once again, reunited and it never mind. Um, together they, <laughs> and together they share a common goal. The first order must be stopped, but at what cost? Um, then, also uh, on the twentieth is Star Wars Annual number three, which is written by Jason Latour. Uh, I guess this is a um, it's, it's Jason Latour, Michael Walsh, and and more. The Rebel Alliance is on the lookout for a new secret base. Rebel rebellion leader Princess Leia goes with Han Solo to scope out a secret hideout he only knows, as well as the group of killers who want him dead. Um, then from IDW, Star Wars Adventures number two. In the second issue of a new ongoing comic series for young, younger readers, an original comic story sees Ray's encounters with a very tough enemy that may change the course of her life forever. Meanwhile, Yoda recounts a very bizarre story from his youth. See, this is something I could, I could be cool with. Of In the comics, we get, the back, you know, get some backstory to
2: Yoda. Right. Yeah, but yeah. do, like, one-off stories here and there. Right. Yeah. Nothing yeah. that actually said, tells the whole thing. Like, this is what he did from these years to these years. Right.
0: Right, yeah. Um, so
2: like, one-off adventure here and there. That would be cool.
0: Like uh, like they did with the Obi-Wan,
1: the couple of Obi-Wan yeah. issues they did. Yeah, those were great. Um, on Tuesday, the 26th, Star Wars, the prequel trilogy stories. It's a storybook library. Uh, Brian Rood and more. Um, The Star Wars saga begins. Join Anakin Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Queen Amidala, and Yoda for one action-packed adventure after the next. This collection features 18 stories from the Star Wars prequel trilogy, beautifully illustrated by Star Wars artist Brian Rude. With foil on the cover, gilded pages, and over 250 pieces of both spot- and full-page art, the storybook is a must-have for fans. And then finally, on Wednesday the 27th, Jedi of the of the Republic Mace Windu number 2 on a planet of near perpetual darkness the Jedi must bring light Mace finds both his faith and skill tested for it is truly the place of Jedi of the Jedi go to war so those are the books coming out for the rest of September cool
2: yeah, and they're definitely ramping up more and more of the, um, not just comics, but just books in general as we get closer, because we're all now on the road to The Last Jedi.
1: Yep. Yep. Which ha- has officially started.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, um, well, the the journey to The Last Jedi might have just started with Force Friday number two, but I think we're coming to a close. Yes, I think
2: it, that might be happening.
1: Um, any final thoughts? Nope. Be careful. Yeah. You
2: got <laughs> you got some stuff knocking on the door, so you be careful. Make sure that um do you make it back to us for next week?
1: See what happens. <laughs> See what happens. Well then, on that note.
2: Give the evacuation code signal. Alright, cut the chatter. Checked!
1: I can hold it! Pull out! No, I'm alright! Information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of the R2 unit. I've
0: lost R2. <laughs>